Hi, welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. You're listening to Conservative Talk Albuquerque on 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Dinah Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. Welcome back, everybody. Today is officially Taco Tuesday. No, again. Again. There's nothing in the world that makes you feel better than like a loaded taco. Yes. I mean, as compared to, you know, a taco with no cheese, no lettuce. Gotta have a good one. You gotta have a loaded taco. It's Tuesday after all. Even if it's the tiniest taco in the world. (laughs) Okay, I don't want the tiniest one. (laughs) We have some interesting news going on, though. Uh, as usual, it's crime, crime all the time. Oh, yeah? Yeah, they, was, they actually arrested a woman in a, the stabbing death of her girlfriend, and I was actually down there Sunday morning uh, returning some stuff. At, at the a, motel? No, not the <laughs> motel. Across the street, it's a shopping mall. <laughs> anyway, I was there, and I seen like 18 cops and the, you know all the crime scene tape, and I said, oh, look, another murder to talk about tomorrow. So here it is, and the Albuquerque Police Department detectives have made an arrest in one of two homicides they investigated on Sunday. So Mary Lane, Mary Jane Lujan Royball, 31, is, arrest, is charged with murder in the fatal stabbing of her girlfriend at the Desert Sands Inn Motel in Albuquerque near Central and Tramway. So according to a criminal complaint filed in me- Metropolitan Court, officers were called to a stabbing at the Desert Sands Inn and Suites around 8 a.m. on Sunday. When they arrived, they found Luna Royball, who showed them Olivia Herrera, 31, lying face down in a room, and she was dead. How sad. Yeah. So apparently the two um, had been staying at the at the motel for about a week or so. Uh, the public defender says that the allegations against Luna Roy, uh, Roy Ball are being evaluated to determine which attorney to take the case because I'm sure it's going to be complicated as with all cases, especially now with the court systems because you know how they work. Catch and release. That's and, it. Yeah. So according to the complaint, Luna uh, Roy Ball told detectives she and her Herrera had some friends over. Um, they were doing some drugs and, and drinking. And she said after the friends left um, that she and Herrera began to argue. So she went for a walk in order to separate herself from Luna. Just a little de-escalation. Said that she returned about 30 minutes later and Mira. Oh, she was stabbed. She was stabbed and face down um, dead on the floor. However, yep. you know, there's always cameras. There, there's always a truth. <laughs> or, or, or there's always your side, this side, and the uh, truth, and the truth, yeah. and you know, and and the truth is there was cameras there, <laughs> so. and the reality, yeah, I'm the right. reality, whether it's truth or not, it's the reality. There was there was a, a security uh, footage, and um, and so basically they said no. Mm-hmm. She said, "You we, we never saw you leave the property here right. on this here camera." Right. So that right. was a different thing. So then she changed her story, the version. She said, "Well, uh, she she had had a head." A headache, and she took an Advil. So this to lay is down. the new version. The new version. Okay. There was quite a few right here. Right. So then she she laid down for the Advil, and then when she woke up, she saw that her girlfriend was on a dating app. So that started a big old fight. They threw down again, and so she said that she walked outside to go smoke a cigarette. Again, she left the room. Deescalating again. I mean, yeah. she's always just trying to put distance between her and the and the <laughs> conflict. You know. Fight, yeah. yeah. So when she came back, the door was locked, right? And so she removed the bathroom window and got in anyway, and they got into like a really physical fight. And, and she said that she went back to the bathroom, and when she came back, she was stabbed. Yeah. Well, well, she said that Herrera uh, threatened to stab her with the knife, and and then she described this as a large black survival knife. Um, then Herrera went to the bathroom, leaving the knife behind. So that's when Luna Royball 
um, said she grabbed it before she came back out. Uh, Luna Royball told detectives that Herrera was taunting and telling her that she would stab her. So this is from the complaint, a quote, Mary Jane then stat, um, stated she went to stab the door when Olivia stepped in front of her and uh, she accidentally stabbed. stabbed Olivia. So Olivia fell on the knife is basically what I'm gathering from this. Mm -hmm. So Mary Jane stated that Olivia grabbed onto the desk and said, wow. <laughs> then Olivia collapsed, and that is when Mary Jane attempted to help Olivia by covering her wounds. You know, instead of, like, um, applying pressure or something, like, they, they use the word covering, like, yeah, cover yeah. up, you Stupid, know? Yeah. It's all, it's all implied and, language. Yeah, the most amazing thing is they couldn't find the knife now. We'll see. What happened to the knife? So, Unbelievable. Yeah, so she, It was an accident that she stabbed her, she yeah, said. She fell on the knife. Yeah. Um, about eight hours after APD was called to investigate Herrera's death, um, uh, they also announced that they were investigating another homicide after a man was found dead in an alleyway, and no one has been arrested in that case. Well, Unbelievable. Yeah, they go to uh, cover one murder, and they find another one in the alley around the corner. Right. And Albuquerque. Right, wow. crazy Albuquerque. So, oh. So where are we at in terms of... Of how many murders Crazy Albuquerque has had since since the beginning of the year, uh, it was like last week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, midweek last week, we reported thirty five. Mm -hmm. That's what it was that day, and since then you lose count. Well, I think we're like at thirty eight or thirty nine, but I'm not quite sure. I mean, I don't know if they reported all the murders because there's like right. two or three a day. Right. In yeah. On average. Wow. I mean, it's just, it's just unbelievable. And so, um, and, 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 and not to mention that, like, for instance, the bodies that are, that, that were found at the international airport, uh, those aren't necessarily counted as murders in Albuquerque because they didn't take place here. Maybe one did, maybe some or all of them didn't, whatever. But just because the body is found doesn't mean that it, it counts as a murder for Albuquerque. So in addition to what we have, that's just Albuquerque. Imagine the state, and then and then all of these instances where bodies aren't recovered. Wow! I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, it's 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 a it's violence. It's violence all day long. Literally, uh, we're not covering this today because we don't got all the facts. But just briefly reading an article in the South Valley of uh, of Albuquerque, there is a man in a stolen car. He gets out, tries to hijack somebody else's car in the drive-through at like a Wendy's right there on Blake and Coors wow. uh, in the South Valley. And, you know, cops are over here watching the whole thing go, you know, go down. Um, uh, the offender ends up shooting the window out. But, I mean, it, it's safe nowhere. No, and the cops are in the vicinity and, like, you have no protection, no safety at all. Right. And then you go and chase them and it's high, it, 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 it ends up being a high-speed police chase. And we always know how... How those end up, mm -hmm. somebody innocent always gets killed. It's never it's never the offender, right. you know? Yeah. It's just well, unbelievable. You know what's unbelievable to me? When we were at midnight at, uh, at a box store buying some stuff and some drunk comes over and thinks he can uh, stop us and check our basket or something, we start a big old fight. I don't know if you remember that. It was like two years ago. And we called the police and said, this man is holding us here and he won't let go of our basket and he has his hand on my purse. And the cops came down and said, well, I said, he drove away right before you got here, but security didn't do anything. And he said, well, they don't have to do anything. I said, why are they here? And he said, well, that's not their job. And we as police officers don't really have to defend you. You know, so why are they here is, is what I keep asking myself. 
Why? So yeah, exactly. So like security guards, they're you know they're basically to observe and write down and report. But often you walk into these places, and I mean, just take a look at the security guard. You know, it, it, it's some like meathead that's trying to be a cop. I saw them wrinkle clothes. Right, yeah. right. Or it's somebody that's just doing it to have the job, or or it's somebody that don't want to get involved, even though he's a security guard. And so yeah, we're walking out. Um, you know, all our stuff is bagged. And the security's like, hey, can I see your receipt? No. Yeah. I mean, no. Yeah, I mean, I'm busy. I'm walking out. You saw me right here. Paying be, for it. Paying, paying for everything, being checked out by a checker, uh -huh. who was rude, by the way. Uh -huh. And so, no. So You know, and then so there's somebody that's just casually there hanging out with the security guard. So we're walking out, and then he just like, uh, was it raining that we had an oh, umbrella yeah. or something like this? Yeah. So, so the guy grabs the umbrella. We turn around and we're all, what's up? He's like, I'm security, you know. He's like, freeze. <laughs> so, yeah, and then when we asked for his ID, he wouldn't give it to right, us. Right, right. He wanted to see our ID and all that. I said, who is this freak, you know? Right, right. And then, and then exactly. And then, so we take it to security. Who's that? Does he work here? What's going on? Oh, I don't know. I didn't see anything. And I'm like, Omida, look. Right in front of him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so they're, you know, I don't know what they do. Well, I was surprised that a police officer would tell me to my face, we're not here to protect you. We're here to clean up the mess afterwards, if there's one. Because that's kind of how, you know, how it happens, because you can't predict crime, you know. So, so I guess it's just a slippery slope. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I, I wish it would get fixed, and I wish whoever's running for mayor would do, say that uh, crime is on their platform number one instead of number five. Well, that would be... For I and the, the mayor, mayor of, of Albuquerque. Albuquerque. We got to take a quick break, but you're listening off the cuff ABQ. It's the hottest, newest conservative local talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. You're listening to Conservative Talk Albuquerque on 96.9 FM, 700 AM. We'll be right back. Good morning, Albuquerque. This is Gerald Loeb, local author here of All Things Political and Humor. I have a new book coming out on the 15th of April and it's called Mayhem Manor. In this book you have feckless bureaucrats, mindless politicians, and overwhelmed police force. Inside this book you'll find not one but two love stories and a very unlikely hero. Check it out. It's on Amazon.com and will be available on April 15th. You'll like the read. Thank you very much. Hi, I'm Tara Shaver with Abortion-Free New Mexico. Did you know that New Mexico is the late-term abortion capital of the nation? While your work and travel has been restricted by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, New Mexico has become a global destination for late-term abortions. At Abortion-Free New Mexico, we are working several proven strategies to end abortion in our state. If you want to help us end abortion in New Mexico, visit abortionfreenm.com today. That's abortionfreenm.com. everybody welcome back to off the cuff abq it's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on conservative talk abq 96.9 fm 700 am we're just getting started it's taco tuesday we got a lot on the plate today uh some of the items some of our topics for today is just headlines the me too movement or is it uh hashtag uh uh crotch gate I can't make up my mind. <laughs> and, and APS, uh, the superintendent finally uh, signs his contract. 
Will there be a buyout if he doesn't perform the functions of his job like every other superintendent? Time will tell, but we're discussing that today. Uh, Voter ID and Will Smith pulling new film production out of Atlanta, stating he doesn't like the, um, the, the voter ID law. Really? Wow. I thought you made movies. Yeah. But now you're a politician, Will yeah, Smith. Keep with your job and right. entertain instead of trying seriously, to complicate seriously. things. I still wanted to go back to the crime because there's always crime in Albuquerque that we could talk about. And I'm interested in the sentencing hearing for set for Michelle Martins and Jessica Kelly. So the sentence, sentencing has finally been set for the two women charged in Victoria Martins' murder. Michelle Martins has pleaded guilty to child abuse resulting in death and tampering with evidence and will be sentenced July 9th, 2021. She faces 12 to 15 years in prison. So Jessica Kelly, who pleaded guilty to similar charges, pleads no contest and will be sentenced from June 21st to 21, uh, June 21, 19, to 2021. Sorry, She faces 50 years. Fabian Gonzalez is still awaiting trial for his alleged role. He is accused of dismembering Victoria Martin's body. But this is the man that's walking around free, right? Yeah. On the streets. Pre-trial. With other kids, um, yeah. Yeah, and then he was mentioned in, in the... In the Amber Alert, you know, they mentioned his name. Apparently, um, the 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 new girl he was dating, the one with the other kids, mm-hmm. uh, she wasn't allowed to have her kids. She ends up taking them, and Amber Amber Alert gets, uh, you know, zapped to everybody's cell phones. And uh, at the end of the day, they mention his name that that was a girlfriend. And so there's all this kinds of stuff always happening. And so, but literally, he's out on pretrial. And so his charges from everything that they were going to charge them with, it has simply been reduced for the two women child abuse resulting in death and tampering with evidence. How easy. So yeah. one gets 12 to 15 years, and the other one gets 50 years for similar charges. How does that work? I How wonder. does that work? How yeah. does that work? Now, now I'm not advocating for more time or less time or anything like this, but again, we've got to start looking at the court system. Who decides these plea deals if these are similar? Similar charges. This is what it says, similar charges. One will get 12 to 15 years. That means she cannot get more than 15. The other one faces 50 years. Whatever that means, I don't know. I don't know if it's up to 50 or if it's going to be like, 25 to 50 years but regardless of 15 the 12 to 15 years let's say she gets 12 um cut that in half Mm -hmm. six years how long she's been in jail at least three and it's gonna and it's gonna add to that i mean it's gonna deduct from that because because it's gonna it's gonna apply towards that and meanwhile fabian gonzalez still awaits trial because he's the only one going to trial and he's been accused now, after everything's been dropped, of dismembering Victoria Martin's body. And he's what the one a wo- disgusting little vile creature who foul. could do this. Yeah, and he's still the one walking free. And he's the one walking free. The one that probably created more damage. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And, and, then, and then here's these two, you know, mm-hmm. making plea deals. They now have to testify against them. And this is in part why their sentencing hearing was delayed because they wanted to make sure before they signed these, you know, agreements and sentence them and all this stuff that they were going to testify against Fabian. But now it doesn't even matter. They said, well, as part of the Martins and Kelly's plea uh, agreement, they are required to testify against uh, Gonzalez. That's why their sentencing had been put on hold until Gonzalez's trial to ensure that they comply with their plea deal. It doesn't even matter. Yeah, it doesn't. It doesn't even matter. You got child abuse. You got 
tampering with evidence and like dismemberment. Murder. But no rape, murder. Yeah, no rape. Oh, God. Drugging and all of the other vile things that, that this child went through, you know? Mm -hmm. And so what's the point? So, so, so in other words, like, what this reads to me is, is it was put on hold until Gonzalez's trial to ensure that they complied with the plea deal. It doesn't matter now if they comply or not because... He still has to go to trial. And, and I wonder what that's going to look like because the DA says... Martin, if it even gets there. If it, yeah, yeah, exactly. He's up, he, if he's up, he could skip the country anytime. He's free. Or just get off or they'll find a technicality and been like, well... Poor little Fabian yeah. Gonzalez. He has his right to a speedy trial. <laughs> really? Yeah, and DA says Martins and Kelly will still comply with the terms of the plea agreement but no longer have to wait for Gonzalez's trial because God only knows when Gonzalez will be tried. Gonzalez has been released on pre-trial uh, pre pending. So he's, re he's free. Right. Yeah. Right. So, so again, it, you know, they're going to they're gonna proceed with the plea deals for the two females, because it doesn't matter about Gonzalez. So, like, really, their plea deal, I, I mean, I, I seriously do not see how 15 years, and then the other one got the short in the stick for real, 50 years. Wow, that's unbelievable. You know? Yeah, they said to this day no one has been charged with the murder mm -hmm. at all. He's been charged, well, he's been accused of dismemberment, but right. nobody's actually charged with the murder. Right, right because uh, because apparently they found phone records, remember, and then, oh, yeah. oh wow, Mita, look. Technically, what happened was we were joyriding, we were picking up some weed over here, driving over here, or at least the phone was. But yeah, but they're, they're, they're assuming, and you know what happens when you assume? They're assuming that the phone was with them. The phone could have been left in the car and been traveling all by itself or whatever, but they're taking the phone's word for it right. that they were out there. What an absolute disaster this uh, to this day, like you said, no one has been charged with the murder of Victoria Martins. Only in New Mexico. And no one will likely ever. And that's just the reality. It's and, terrifying. And that's how it works in New Mexico because the criminal justice system... Is for the criminal. Is for criminals. The only person walking out of the criminal justice system is that of a criminal, just like the sign reads, criminal justice system. So criminals don't fear courts, obviously. They don't fear sentencing. They don't fear going to jail. They don't fear, fear prison. They don't fear anything. They don't fear cops. They ought to fear their victims. They should. It's unfortunate that when you, when your victim's a 10-year-old. How is she going to defend herself? And you're supposed to be the person in her life that, you know, is a man in charge. Well, I mean, her mother. The mother. Yeah, she should You be. know? Yeah. You would think so. It's terrifying to be I a know. child in New Mexico. Yeah. This story just, it's always bothered me. I just can't imagine, you know what I'm saying? I what, mean. What the little child went through. I mean, you know, ripping her apart limb for limb with like a, you know, like a turkey cutter or something like this. You know, if, if, if they didn't do anything wrong, if there was the fifth person, if all this evidence didn't get all messed up, then why would you need to, you know, cut this child up and then think it'd be okay to to burn her in the bathtub. And saving her body parts, like her heart, and didn't they save like what, her what? something? Yeah. Yeah, saving it yeah. in the freezer. Some weird stuff. Like this story has unfolded, and and like it, it's had all these different sort of... Um, I think satanic measures. Like why, totally. Why would they do that? Totally. Like burn her. And, mm -hmm. It's sick. And then the only smart one is that Fabian. Yeah, he left. Oh, yeah. <laughs> He's on the streets. Yeah. He yeah. had a good public defender. Fabian's doing good. Yes. Yeah. In case anybody wanted to know. 
Well, we had another shooting at Santa Fe run, runner stop. And, we'll stop it. Uh, yeah, in Santa Fe this time. So law enforcement officials say 73-year-old man was sitting. He was shot in the face during a carjacking attempt. So Monday morning at the Rail Runner Express commuter train station on New Mexico 599, the second shooting at a t- Santa Fe train spot in the span of a week. The victim of the shooting was airlifted to the UNM hospital in Albuquerque, where he is in critical condition. According to police, they responded to the train stop on the south side of the city shortly before 9 a.m. and were told the uh, victim's vehicle was stolen by the suspect. Tapia said Monday afternoon that the suspect was still at large, and Tapia is a police officer that said that. The vehicle, a black 2020 Chrysler 300 sedan, was later found in Albuquerque after police received a tip. So that's what's happening to Railrunner. They don't think... uh, you know, th- they don't think that they have to have more security in any in any way. This one, a second recent shooting at a rail runner station, was last Monday. A man who was killed and another man was critically injured in a shooting at the South Capitol rail runner stop. Matthew Ariano, 22, was arrested and was charged with the killing of David Hernandez during what witnesses said was a drug deal gone wrong. Always has something to do. Augusta Myers. Hey, Augusta. Hey. I always wondered what happened to her. There she is. She's the communications manager for Rio Metro Regional Transit. Well, do you remember Augusta? Yes, I sure do. So she said that last night's shooting was seriously the first ever in 15 years of running service. She said of the rail runner, which started operating in 2006, last week's incident was such an isolated incident, it didn't really make us think like, oh, we, we need to add a bunch more security. They just think that they're just isolated incidents, and really, they hadn't had much any much trouble with the right. rail runner that I could hear. But yeah, she said the transaction, the transit system is revisiting those discussions, so they might get more security on there. They well, yeah, not. because I mean, it's literally insane. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. insane. So um, you know, and then top of all of this, <laughs> so. Uh, um, in Albuquerque, charges dropped for a man seen on video running from police. So a man seen on camera running from, from police officers has had all his charges dropped. The Albuquerque Police Department says in June of last year, Jonah Bell ran from officers after they found him passed out in his car near Gibson and Gerard. It turns out he had an arrest warrant related to a shoplifting case. So uh, the wanted shoplifter tossed out after he tries to outrun police officers. What? <laughs> they tased him. <laughs> <laughs> police say they um, he took off and eventually took a taser to get him to stop. But Bell was charged with aggravated fleeing. Prosecutors say there's not enough evidence to prove he created a danger. He just ran. <laughs> I don't understand this. Like, I, I don't even understand what I've just read. Mm-hmm. So police say he took off like he, he you know. He fled. Yeah. He, he's running from the cops. I, I mean, it's real clear. Yeah. Right? They find him passed out. They're like, hey, man, uh, we need your ID. Or, you know, the cops are behind him with the lights on. Excuse me, sir. Wake up. And then he's like, oh, shoot, man, there's a cops. And then, and then he takes off running. So so cops chase him. Eventually, he takes a taser to stop him. And he was charged with aggravated fleeing. Prosecutors say there's not enough evidence to prove he created a danger. No. Well, I, I didn't realize we were talking about proving he created a danger as much so if if you're speeding mm-hmm. you get pulled over and you take off and you say well you know and then prosecutor uh or defense is going to say well there wasn't enough evidence there was no danger just because it ran away 
Yeah. Well, you, and then to make matters worse, on top of all that, the investigating officer failed to show up for an interview and a witness refuses to cooperate, so the felony charges were dropped. We're back we go. Catch and release. Catch right, and release. but the state says like this. Yeah. He could still face misdemeanor <laughs> charges. Why bother? Boo-hoo. But But here's the deal. That whole story right there, mm-hmm. I'll be real kind of honest. Um, I don't know what that says. No. But all I know is what it says is not a reflection of what happened and then what happened as a result of that. Like them not showing up for the interview? Well, it looks to me like, you know, um, it just look, It just sounds like something because it is something else. It doesn't make any sense because it's not meant to make sense. I don't know. So pro- prosecutors say there wasn't enough evidence to prove he created a danger. Well, think about it. If he had a shoplifting charge, that's not really a danger. And he ran because he was afraid they're going to arrest him. I know, him. but he's still in violation. And then so they're going to go through all this trouble of chasing him, mm-hmm. tase him, and then not file charge or and then ha- and then all the take him to jail dropped. and then yeah. everything dropped and be like, oh, we're, we're real sorry. You know, here's your keys back. Go pass out. <laughs> and like, here's this recycled bag for when you go... Uh, you know, five finger discount because you're all thick as thieves. <laughs> no, it sounds like something else. It sounds fishy as hell. No, it sounds uh, yeah. like something mm-hmm. else. Yeah, I don't yeah. want to be alleging the stuff because there's people's names on that, but that's a fishy story. Mm-hmm. And anybody reading it knows it's a fishy story because something weird happened there. Yeah. None of it makes sense. It's very unexplainable. Oh, it is strange things have happened <laughs> here. No stranger would it be. That's right. <laughs> we also have a former New Mexico deputy sentenced for possession of stolen property so it's from portales new mexico a former roosevelt county deputy has been given the maximum sentence after being convicted of being in possession of stolen property he has been sentenced to 182 days in the roosevelt county detention center the charges come from a new mexico state police investigation involving burglaries that happened in angel fire in new mexico in 2014 evidence showed christopher mccaslin took part in the theft even though he worked for the Angel Fire Police Department at the time. He also took the report on, on the, the burglary. Man. Look at that well, guy. Look at this First guy. you break in, then you take the report. <laughs> what could go wrong, right? What could go wrong? What could go wrong? <laughs> he was charged with committing a burglary in the 8th Dist- Judicial District Court office in Colfax County, but those charges were later dismissed due to the statute of limitations. Oh, New Mexico. The 9th Judicial District Attorney's Office charged him with being in possession of the property in July 9th, 2020, when it was found. How was it found? And then, yeah. and then again, like, like a lot of these reports, obviously, um, you know, they're taken from newsworthy sites, yes. newsworthy sources. And so... You know, I mean, did the reporter not ask, like, well, how did they find it? Was he pulled over? Like, yeah, where was it? Yeah, what were the circumstances? How much was in there? That this yeah. was found, or maybe this is another one of those cases where, you know, where somebody knows a little something about this Christopher um, McCaslin, and then... They rat him out? Yeah, yes. and they said, oh, yeah, 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 this was done over here, and somebody's mad because they didn't prosecute, you know. Or they didn't get their fair share. They didn't get their fair share or something like this. But that's pretty interesting. So you break into somebody's house, you show up in a uniform with your shiny badge, and you say, hey, man, let me take your – I'm real sorry these people broke into <laughs> your house. I'm going to uh, – 
This police report will be available in 10 working days, so you can file with uh, your complaint. In the meantime, I'm going to take some evidence. Yeah, yeah right. Yeah, he's right. Like, and this then, is too funny. Uh, and then he still gets caught. Yeah. What a sucker. Yeah. That's what he gets. <laughs> Enough of this. Crime, crime, crime. Crime, crime, crime all the time. Well, now, you, now that you brought up a different subject about Crotchgate or Me Too. Okay. I'm very interested in that. So let's kind of talk about the Me Too movement. We know it was a big movement. Um, well... It was a pound sign. It went pound sign me too or yeah. hashtag depending, I'm you know, how age, what age you are, <laughs> what age you are. I say pound sign because I don't like the hashtag. Me too. It sounds, you know, it sounds like something, something I ain't. I'm a pound sign. Yeah. So, um, so we, we discussed this ye- yesterday and incidentally this morning, uh, we discussed, uh, the governor Lujan mm-hmm. about her sexual harassment in the me too movement. Uh, to one of her staffers. Yes. Okay. So incidentally, this morning, there's like a ton of articles, one from John Block. Mm-hmm. So allegations uh, or alleged groper, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham funnels $62,000 in hush money to ex-staffer in settlement. Nice. So, um, well, we'll get to the story. We'll just start from there. So in 2019, Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham was accused by former campaign spokesman James Helleman, who now works for BCSO in their transparency department that they hired for transparency measures. Yeah, yeah we just spoke about that yesterday. And then, well, we spoke about that uh, uh, Thursday with Janice because she goes, hey, isn't that Holloman uh the one that Michelle groped, groped. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have no idea, you know. So turns out it is it's the same dude, you know. But yeah. everything keeps working out for him so yeah. and her. Yeah. Well, he claims that his assault happened during a senior staff meeting held at Representative Deborah Armstrong's uh, home in the summer of 2018. Armstrong was formerly Governor Lucian Grisham's business partner in Delta Consulting, if you remember that, a company that has allegedly gifted the people of New Mexico by upcharging the sick in the state's high-risk insurance pool, despite Obamacare effecti- effectively making the program obsolete. So, yeah, mm-hmm. there was a lot of questions about that, and Hallaman claimed he was talked out of reporting the incident by then Lujan, uh, G- Governor Lujan, by, his, by her campaign manager, Dominic Gabello, who is now a senior advisor in the in the governor's office. So uh, this James Hallaman, he says um, that that Lujan took, uh, well, re- at the time, U.S. Representative Lujan took a bottle, uh, a water bottle, and dumped it on my crotch and then slapped and grabbed me in front of everybody. <laughs> so, yeah, there was a lot of witnesses there. They saw the Me Too movement hey, right in action. Hey, but no one saw nothing. <laughs> <laughs> so according to uh, the most recent reports, the governor campaign has been sh- has been has shelled out at least six, um, $62,500. And the payments went to a law, law firm representing James Helleman, spokesperson for uh, the Lujan Grisham during the 2018 general election, five, five monthly payments of $12,500 were outlined in the campaign finance report filed late Monday, which was yesterday, because yesterday was was reporting day, uh, filed by uh, Lujan Grisham's campaign. But we'll pick this up right when we get back, because, well, it, it's a top story. Yes, it is. Yes. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
Golden Equipment Company, finding innovative solutions. We are a full-service heavy equipment Volvo dealer offering sales, parts, service, and rental. Locally owned for over 35 years, we're proud to be a part of your community. Our dedicated and certified crew will help keep you productive and efficient. Come see us at any of our three locations, Albuquerque, Farmington, and Durango, Colorado. Check us out on social media or visit our website, goldenequipment.com. We look forward to helping you with your next project. Good morning, Albuquerque. This is Gerald Loeb, local author of Things Political and Sometimes Humorous. I have a new book coming out on the 15th of April, and it's called Mayhem Matter. Check it out on Amazon. It'll be available then. Thank you very much. Everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. We are on Monday through Friday, 3 p.m. If you miss us there, can't catch us on the FM, go to our website at offthecuffabq.com and click on Listen Live or check out past podcast. So, import today's programming is sponsored by Semco out of Belen. They have helped off the cuff ABQ in supporting our mission because we are a localized conservative talk show focusing on politics in Albuquerque, surrounding areas, all of New Mexico. This is an American made show and we hope that you enjoy the show. Feel free to Catch us on offthecuffabq.com. Send us a comment. Send us a shout out. We have designed this platform so that it's uh, it's it's easily used by our listeners and those people tuning in. Uh, we love New Mexico. We don't report bad news because we um, somehow don't love it. We love New Mexico. New Mexico. We're lifelong New Mexicans. Uh, been here since before this was United States of America, always been an American. And so we love this place and we want to see it uplifted. We are tired of being dead last. We are tired of being on the on the bottom of every good list and the top of every bad list. Uh, education is a problem. It's one of our main focus points. So is crime. So is the violence. And so is La Movida. And we all know what that means. That means when politicians say that they are going to represent you and they say it to your face and they make promises, they know that they will never keep. And so uh, we're just kind of tired of that sort of representation. And so we're using this localized conservative talk program to highlight those issues so that way we keep New Mexicans informed and equally um, what's happening because it's happening to us every day even if you say you're not political everything that happens to us uh, is definitely political is political mm -hmm. and we know this because all politics are personal, are personal. If, if this was business it won't be personal mm -hmm. but it's politics and it's always personal and speaking of politics you know you were talking about the 62,500 that Halliman's already been paid and uh, the five monthly payments of 12,500 are outlined in the campaign finance report filed late Monday by Grisham's campaign with the Secretary of State's office, they are listed as legal expenses with one payment a month from November through March. So maybe he's not done being paid off. Th these are tw uh, payments that have been made to him a month, every month, 12500 It doesn't say, it says it's for legal expenses, but she's paying them out of her campaign, the money that she raised from the people of New Mexico to run for office. Okay, so, so even if this is completely legal, I mean... I don't think it's legal, but like, like even if there is a loophole, because like there always is, because there's always legislation that allows for this sort of 
um, in injustice. And if or, there isn't one, they'll create one real quick. Right, mm -hmm. right. So they always create these loopholes so that you can circumvent things, even though it doesn't look right from the outside looking in. So James Hallaman, he claims sexual harassment. He gets an attorney. They want to sue, uh, at the time, representative, U.S. Representative Michelle Lujan Grisham, who's now governor. And so yesterday was filing day, so that means all of the candidates, everybody, they have to file their campaign. They have to report to the New Mexico Secretary of State's office. They have to say, hey, look, I spent $500 over here. I spent $5 on gas over here. Bought me a Sonic drink over here. Uh, um, some campaign signs, my newsletter, a little bit of staffers, whatever. We have to account for every penny. We, right. So in the line item, she lists... This 12500 that she's paid out several times mm -hmm. as legal expenses. So to me, a legal expense is, hey, because sometimes you need, an, you know, like an attorney. You say, hey, attorney, um, I'm running for office. Uh, I need to know, should I have maybe a contract in place for my volunteers? Or what if I'm hiring somebody for social media and I'm giving them all of my uh, passcodes? Is there a document you can create? So that way I, I'm, I'm protected and these people can't go and hijack my social media but or my it's, website. It's, it's, uh, yeah. But that's legal expenses. Le very legal. Now, 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 if you sued me and I had to pay you, that would be a, a settlement, mm -hmm. right? It's a personal thing, not from your campaign. Right. Yeah. But either way, somebody would be able to consider that a settlement. Let's say somebody sued over um like petition items mm -hmm. right like legit campaign types of stuff because it happens you see people challenging petitions of politicians all the time so fine maybe those funds could be used for legal expenses because that's a legal expense but a legal expense isn't a legal settlement no from a lawsuit because see that i mean truth in advertising right well the government spokesman named gerald uh, lapold said the payments are part of a settlement resolving in numerous dubious and disputed potential claims made by mr holloman so say that all over again because it's a mouthful it's a mouthful, <laughs> it's a mouthful yes, considering they paid that money out say it one more time he said they're part of a settlement resolving numerous dubious and disputed potential claims made by mr holloman arising from his employment in 2018 with a campaign organization and his subsequent search for employment so well he, he's he's gainfully employed with with the Burnley county oh, sheriff's yeah. department he's and good money talking a bunch of stuff on twitter about the apd and and, and <laughs> poking at people because this is what liberals do mm. you know so I really don't have any sympathy for any single one of these characters involved because I've, I've seen them both in action, and I'll be quite honest, I'm not impressed. Were you impressed? We saw them at that parade over there in Santa Fe, and that Hellman was like, Trying to say to shut up when when we started heckling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, anyways. Well, you know, the, the governor and the campaign organization itself strenuously deny that there is any merit or truth to Mr. Holloman's claims, including his claim that di about difficulty finding or keeping work after the campaign. I'm sure she could make it really hard for him. They researched the settlement in order to avoid the continuing distraction. And I mean, because they're, they're good at distractions, right? And significant expense of possible litigation and allow them to concentrate on working for the people of New Mexico during this pandemic. Andale. What a joke. Andale. I mean, these people are always just trying to take care of us. So, so I don't doubt that maybe finding employment was difficult because we know politics mm -hmm. and when things go bad, 
uh, it could go bad all the way. It can go bad all the way, and and it is quite stressful because it's very public, and all of your contacts are no longer your contacts because you were really working off of somebody else's contact, or nobody wants to touch you because they got other dealings and they're not willing to burn that bridge for you. That's right. Who yeah. the hell are you? Yeah. But at the end of the day, they said that they did this. They threw money at the problem so that it wouldn't distract them because we're in the pandemic and all of this kind of stuff. Yeah, BS, so BS. they threw money at it. So they threw money at it. Mm-hmm. They wasted money because they clearly said that they they wholeheartedly deny these claims and there is not a single shred of merit to those claims. So you you allege something to me, you accuse me of something, mm-hmm. I'm going to be like, prove it right here, right now. Yeah, right. We both go get attorneys and then you're going to say, well, Dinah. I'll just pay you off. I'm going to give you $12,500 every month. Till you shut up. Yeah, like like a stimmy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're going to call this a, the, the James Hellerman stimmy, like nice. a stimulus. You know that his attorney... Holloman's attorney said the governor and Holloman have resolved any differences or issues to their satisfaction. And if Holloman's claims were without merit, it isn't clear why the governor is now conceding to the former staffer via terms of thousands of dollars in campaign cash now and possibly in the future to keep him silent. That's what I told you. He's 12500 12, right. a month until, until he shuts up. Right, because it says they are listed as legal expenses, not a settlement. Like, mm-hmm. okay, and then have resolved any differences or issue to their satisfaction says nothing about a settlement. Mm -hmm. And then because mostly they go like this, if there's a settlement, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, it's sealed. Like it's just between them two. They talk about nothing about a contractual agreement. They Mm -hmm. talk about nothing about a settlement agreement, nothing. They have resolved any issues to their, uh, satisfaction for right now. For right now, because you, you saw that it says the staffer, they, they've been paying tens of thousands of dollars mm-hmm. in campaign cash and possibly in the future to keep him silent. Right. So maybe we're not done paying that. Cause oh, no, totally. That money is from ca- campaign funds. Totally. And mind you, it's her campaign fund. Those were from donors. Those were from people giving her money. But I know when I ask people for money, you know, I was like, here's what I need. Yeah. I need signs. I want a billboard. This is how much they cost. I went out, got me a quote from the guy over here at Clearwater. Um, this is the guy I want to order my yard sign from. legitimate campaign. Right. This, campaign. Yeah. Legitimate. This is, this is how much money I need and for this purpose because I always felt obligated to tell, hey, why are you calling me for thousands of dollars? Mm-hmm. Wow. You know that the, the people are saying, could this scandal have contributed to the governor's turning down a cabinet position in Joe Biden's re- regime? I doubt it because yeah, look at can, yeah. look at Deb Holland's yeah. uh, reputation. Look at who follows it, her. It didn't stop her there. <laughs> yeah. And Holloman also accused lawmakers, including Senator Jacob Candelaria, of sexual assault, writing on Twitter that Candelaria allegedly sexually abused him at the Bullring restaurant while <laughs> Holloman... <laughs> Alan worked for the state representative, Brian Egoff. What a mess. And, and for Mo Maestas, well, what a nightmare. This Dude, is. this almost sounds like a comedy, like the bull ring, you know, the bull ring, you know. So, yeah. like, like everyone's just throwing themselves after this James Hellaman, you know. Like, he's yeah. just... You know, you know, he's just he's just the most good looking dude there. He getting hit on by women. He's getting hit on by men, uh, by everybody. Yeah. Well, it's questionable. Well, he responded on Twitter. I don't doubt it. Yeah. I mean, you know, <laughs> I believe this happened, by the way. Really? So you shocked you haven't been removed from office for 
uh, for your abuse at New Mexico State Police and government resources while you're on benders, not to mention when you sexually abused me at the bull ring. <laughs> this is what you wrote when I worked with Speaker Egoff. This is what they put on Twitter. My God, this is what they're putting on Twitter. So this is what James Hellerman yeah. responded to on Twitter. But look, he started with LOL. Mm-hmm. LOL. <laughs> Lots of laughter. <laughs> Do expand. Shocked you haven't been removed from office for your abuse. Yeah, really. Oh, you're shocked? Yeah. In New Mexico? Yeah. With all the Democrats in charge? Somebody Twitter this guy. That's what you get for being on Twitter. You know what I mean? I mean, what do you got? An Instagram? What do you got? A TikTok? You know? Mm -hmm. Sick of all this social media. And they'll cancel you, too. They should cancel this guy. I mean, just... Just see what happens. So, anyways, he's mentioning everybody's name, like like he's calling them out and stuff like this. And so, this was um, 9:45 p.m. March 2nd, 2021, from Phoenix, Arizona. So, even if he can't find him a job, it's not like he's suffering too much. He's out doing stuff. Mm-hmm. He's working for the BCO, still on Twitter, talking smack, mm-hmm. calling people out, and. I mean, I'm just saying this is his character. Yeah. And then, and then, and then he. But, but, but look who's making out. Yeah. Well, I'm not sure if I feel any sympathy for him, for Holloman. I mean, you know, obviously. Uh, this, yeah. this was a commenter's uh, quote. Yeah. So, go ahead. So, yeah, it was. It, they said, I'm not sure if I feel any sympathy for Holloman. He appears to be an opportunist. and But obviously, MLG is trying very hard to keep him quiet and out of the public eye, leading up to her campaign for re-election. My gut tells me he is not going to go away. Why should he? Right. He's getting 12500 a right. month. Plus, he's working a very good job and getting right. very good money there. Talking smack on Twitter. He is banking. Talking smack on Twitter. Maybe it was worth being groped, huh? <laughs> Most people have never been used beyond their own benefit. Just saying, mm-hmm. you know. Um, yeah, I have. I have no sympathy for him because I, I've seen his, you know, his character. I'm, I'm just, you know, going based off of uh, what I've seen of him. I'm not saying that all of that stuff didn't happen because it probably did. Mm-hmm. Because throughout the entire campaign of 2016, you remember, yes. story after story after story about lewd, indecent behaviors. Coming from that camp. No, and, and pictures to prove it. I mean, not just, oh, not just talking, but right. there's tons of photos totally. going around. Yeah, I saw yeah, them all. Totally. Mm-hmm. And so, um, and then, so again, all of these liberals, where's, you know, where's the demand to remove her from office on this Me Too movement? Where's Alyssa Milano calling for, for the governor of New Mexico to step down? Where's all the outcry now? You get one Me Tooer uh, pound signing Me Too. Everybody jumps on board, but they pick and choose who, you know, who they jump on board with. So why not in the case of this? Really? If you were really about the pound sign, me too. Exactly. But you're about the hashtag me too, mm-hmm. something like this. Yeah. I don't know. But at the end of the day, it's, it's, it's liberal hypocrisy. And Holloman, I don't know. No sympathy, but we got to take a break because that's how it works. Mm-hmm. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ. On 96.9 FM, 700 AM, we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Tara Shaver with Abortion Free New Mexico. Did you know that New Mexico is the late-term abortion capital of the nation? While your work and travel has been restricted by Governor Michelle Lujan Grisham, New Mexico has become a global destination for late-term abortions. At Abortion Free New Mexico, we are working several proven strategies to end abortion in our state. If you want to help us end abortion in New Mexico, visit abortionfreenm.com today. That's abortionfreenm.com. Good morning, Albuquerque. This is Gerald Loeb, local author of Things Political and Sometimes Humorous. I have a new book coming out on the 15th of April. 
and it's called Mayhem Matter. Check it out on Amazon. It'll be available then. Thank you very much. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio exclusively aired on Conservative Talk Albuquerque, KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. And we're going to dive right back into our, our last segment after after this announcement. So as we've been reporting, the book Mayhem Manor is set to be released April 15, 2021. Gerald Loeb is a local author. He has tons of books out there. Jo- Gerald Loeb, look him up. He's on Amazon. The book is titled Mayhem Manor. And you can pre-order your book today. The book is about ineffective bureaucrats, mindless politicians, an overwhelmed police force, and an unlikely hero. And it all takes place right here in the great city of what you call Albuquerque. So you can pre-order your copy today. You can simply go on to our website at offthecuffabq.com. Click on the image that says Mayhem Manor by Gerald Loeb, and it will take you to the pre-order um, site for his book. Support him. He's our newest advertiser. We had him here as a guest uh, on our. We featured him on our Freestyle Friday because Freestyle Friday it is a home of the musical debut, giving mainstream FM radio platform to musicians and other artists. So don't let the cost of advertising hold you back. Off the cuff, got your back, and we provide a local platform. So the cost of advertising is not a barrier to the opportunities and benefits of radio ads and promotion. If you are a New Mexican uh, musician with a song or an author of a book or any other uh, type of artistry, we would love to hear from you. Visit us at offthecuffabq.com. Fill out, be a guest, and we'll get right or we'll get right back to you because this is what we do because why? <laughs> we love New Mexicans. Yes, we do. Let's not forget what happened more in the past. Like New Mexico politician drops. He would withdraws after a sex harassment claim in December 4th of 2017. So a rising figure in the Democratic Party has dropped out of the race for lieutenant governor in New Mexico and renewed concerns about decade-old complaints of sexual harassment at a previous job. Unbelievable. Mm-hmm. Democratic New Mexico Senator um, Senator Michael Padilla withdrew his name Monday as a candidate for the state's second highest office after strong support. Well, this ended. was again in 2007, yeah, 2007 because because we're just bringing everybody up to speed about the all Me Too movement. The Me Too movement. Yeah, yeah. So this is how hypocritical it is. It is. He right. he de- described past accusations against him as as issues of a hostile workplace environment and not sexual misconduct while casting himself as a proponent of ending uh, workplace harassment of any kind. Stop it. What a joke, and then he I gets know. accused, yeah. So he had two federal lawsuits uh, that were women said that he harassed them while managing Albuquerque's emergency call center in 2006. Padilla was accused of making inappropriate comments and of asking women on dates despite repeated rejections, claims he denies. Uh, about asking them out or about being rejected? Just yeah, kidding. <laughs> probably being rejected, but yeah. The city ended up settling sexual hostile work um, environment claims stemming from Padilla's six-week tenure overhauling a problem plagued ni- at the 9-11 Okay, center. so two federal lawsuits. Federal. Federal lawsuits mm-hmm. uh, derive from a six-week tenure. Yes, and you know the allegations surfaced. Like a gig. Yeah, like so a gig. Exactly, and they surfaced in 2012 and 2016, all of this, and he still won both times, even with all the sexual harassment lawsuits, federal 
sexual lawsuits. This year, however, Perdia had come under increasing pressure from Democrats to exit the lieutenant governor's race, so they kind of pushed him out. Well, we remember this. Yes, I, um, because I, I was there. I know. Mm-hmm. I know we were there. <laughs> and so uh, Lujan Grisham shows up to Padilla's Mantanza every year in the south of the valley of Albuquerque. Because that's what they do. Because that's what they do. So she shows up. She got a little mini skirt on. She got some red boots, right? Always and with the red boots. She's dancing. <laughs> He's twirling her around because, you know, everybody knows that they're running for office and, 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 and she's going to be governor and all this stuff. But... But then we we're like, careful with them boots, because they're gonna walk all over you. So she basically <laughs> walked over him, him to the side, <laughs> so that somebody else could be the lieutenant governor, because he was in fact moving to run for lieutenant governor. Yeah, and after after she forced him out, he says, "I don't want to be a distraction as we come together as New Mexicans to solve this unacceptable workplace issue." <laughs> after he got sued twice. Okay, well, let's talk about your lawsuit. What'd you do, and? How- how can we learn from that example? But they didn't say that. No, no. They just act like they're champions. Yes. Champions of the cause. Yes. <laughs> Unbelievable. Yeah, I can't. She said, regarding Padilla's political future as a state senator, she said that ultimately the Senate and the voters are going to have to make their decision. Well, who cares? He's still there. He's still, he's still in office despite all the claims. Right. So. And then the, this Heather Brewer, she said, she's a Democrat political consultant. Mm-hmm. Uh, and she's like, oh, Padilla's decision was it's real positive. Mm-hmm. Get the hell out of here! <laughs> like, what? Are, what is it that they're telling us? Yeah, but it doesn't matter. The movie two movement doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter because it's 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 a hashtag, and guess what? Hashtags are not movements. Because mm-hmm. you're only as strong as your cell phone will let you be. You're only as tough as your smartphone will let you be. Or your keyboard. Or your little keyboard warrior hiding your face behind the screen of a message board. Yeah, and you know, no one is impressed. That's right. Even back then, Representative Kelly Fajardo asked for more information about the outcome of the two complaints of the alleged sexual harassment involving capital maintenance staff and not lawmakers, as well as an email containing allegations against the state senator that never resulted in a formal complaint. What a surprise. Well, because heavy-handed, and then, and then they're like, nope, mm-hmm. nobody saw anything. So um, so what did Kelly do? Okay, so, so she said that she was, what, investigating? Well, she wanted, she wanted to hear about the outcome. Of oh, the, of stop the t- it. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, I mean, just scratch that off the script. Sorry, <laughs> who did that? Because <laughs> it, it says absolutely not, you know, nothing, mm-hmm. right? It, it, you know, it's like, it's supposed to be newsworthy. Are you going to do something or you're just saying you don't like it? Well, she's part of, the, of a working group of lawmakers preparing revisions in the legislature's workplace harassment policies. But this was back when in 2017. Right, and I have What have they done? And I haven't heard anything about it since. Nada, so nada. there you go. Híjole. It's on both sides. I mean, do nothings. But hey, we're coming to a close. But we're going to pick up tomorrow at the APS uh, Board of Education approved superintendent contract so we have the contract with us we're going to go over the terms and condition of it and it might surprise you guys i mean or infuriate you or infuriate you one or the other all this money and still no education so uh again we just wanted to give a shout out to our um to another sponsor that we have picked up on off the cup abq abortion free new mexico with bud and tara shaver and they are in the middle of having a brand new baby a brand new baby so she's been in labor since yesterday tara shout out 
Uh, we are praying for you. God be with you, and God bless the babies. So you are listening to Off the Cup ABQ. It's the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, exclusively aired on Conservative Talk ABQ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. We'll see you tomorrow. Have a taco today, guys. Wow.